Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. All right, well, happy Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us today at Life Center. For those of you who may be new with us, Life Center is one church that meets in multiple locations across Pierce County. We're glad that you're with us today. We bring to conclusion a series today that we've been journeying through over the last number of weeks entitled The Church I See. We've spent our time discussing the fact that we want to see what Jesus sees when it comes to his church. And we've looked at a few different components, one of which is we talked about the church being both a place, can you say place? But the church is also people, can you say people? So the church is both place and people, and as Life Center, being both places and people, we want us to understand that we are called to be a people who are devoted to a few things. We've talked about being devoted to knowing Jesus and making him known. We've talked about being a church that's devoted to reaching generations, Last week, we focused in on this idea we're devoted not just to be a church in a city, but a church for our city. And today, we're going to look into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to look there in a moment. But before we get there, how many of us have ever recognized this dynamic in our lives, that there's a big difference between doing something and being something? Anybody ever experienced that? Uh, one of the things that I enjoy doing is I like to go for runs every now and then and also cycle. And I, I have this app that I use to track things. It's called Strava. And it just kind of reminds me, here's, here's the amount of work you put in. Here's how far you went. Here's how much time you did that. And at the end of the year, at the end of 2019, I received this little notification saying, do you want to see your year in review? And I was like, absolutely I do. And so I opened it up and it compiled all my data. And friends, I was amazed because in 2019, I did 23 runs for a total of 123 miles. Thank you. That's what I did in my room when I saw it too. I was like, yes. 123 miles. I felt really good about that. And then I talked to Anson. And I, you know, I wanted to kind of brag, like, Anton, I ran 123 miles. Man. I, I don't know what you've been doing, but 100, 123 miles, 23 runs. That's almost averaging two runs a month. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I asked Anson, Anson, what, what did you do in 2019? And this was his reply. I ran 314 times. I guess if you're into that, you know. <laughs> and I did the math. I, I was like, isn't there 300 and something days a year? I mean, you, you didn't miss a lot of days. And I was like, okay, that, that's pretty good, but maybe they were short runs. So I asked him, how many miles does that equate to? He replied, 1,954 <laughs> miles. <laughs> now, now, careful, you just applauded my 123 miles a minute ago. How many know there's a difference between something you do and something you are? For me, running, it's something that I 
do from time to time. For ants, man, it's, it doesn't matter if it's raining, sleet, hail. I mean, he's like the postal service. He, he just does not stop. He's always running. And for him, it's something that he doesn't just do. It, it's a part of who he is. What I want us to recognize when we bring this series to conclusion today, when we talk about the church, some of us, the concept of church is something we do. And here's what I want us to consider today. Maybe, just maybe, there's a, there's a turning point where we recognize, I don't just do church. The church is something that I'm called to be. Something that I'm called to be. You see, it's, it's interesting at times in my own life, as, as a pastor, I, I never want to get to the place where I can coach others how to be the church, but when, when the day is done for me up on this place, all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of, well, my role in the church is to just stand on the stage. No, we're, we're all called to, to be the church. I remember a number of years ago, my wife Amber, she she began to have this stirring in our heart. Some of you are aware of our journey as it relates to foster care. And Amber, she began to talk to me and, and say, hey, I think we should pray about this. And, and I remember my response. And listen, when I share this with you, some of you might be offended, but I just want to be real. Because I remember looking at her and said, I'm not bored. <laughs> we got three bio kids we, we got a lot on our plate and adding something else. And, and yet, here's what we did. We, we began to pray about it. And I felt the, the spirit of the Lord speak to my heart and say, Tyler, you're called to not just do church or help lead the church. You're called to be the church. And so for us, and again, not, not everybody's called to, to that specific ministry or to be the church in that way, but for us, this became an expression of not just being up on stage at the church, but actually living as the church. And the Apostle Paul, he, he writes his letter to the city of Corinth, the people, the church gathered in the city of Corinth. It was a church that was facing some challenges. It was a church that had some divisions going on. And he's trying to remind them of an important principle. And how he goes about this, he uses a metaphor called the body. I want us to look together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. It says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Can you say one body? One body. So it is... With the body of Christ. So notice he uses the metaphor of our physical bodies and he says, listen, that's exactly how the church is designed to function. Many parts, but it's one body. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, it would look creepy, right? I, how would, you, how would you smell anything? 
but our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part. Can you say each part? God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest or least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care so we can carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony. Can you say harmony? Or unity. See, it's, it's actually the diversity of each part of your body that moves your body to funct- function in unity. Diversity actually helps lead us to places of unity. And notice the difference between unity and uniformity. Paul said the whole body's not an eye. The whole body's not an ear. We're, we're not designed to be uniform. We're, we're designed to be diverse because that helps lead us to places of unity. It goes on. God has put together this body. This, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. See, as we unpack this scripture today, we, we need to understand, yes, we are all different. We have different backgrounds, different personalities. We, we look different. We talk different. We dress different. We have different kind of things that we enjoy. But all of that diversity leads us to a place of unity, and the unity leads us to understanding we are a part of the body. So we've been focusing in on this dynamic. The church I see is devoted. Can you say devoted? We've gone back to Acts chapter 2 a number of times where it says this, that these early followers of Jesus, they devoted themselves. Again, I want to remind us, devotion can't be delegated. We have to make the decision ourselves to be devoted. We have to lean into that. And now, as we bring this to conclusion and we talk about our devotion, here's the devotion that I want us to recognize. As Life Center, we need to understand we don't just go to church, we are the church. We don't just go to church, we are the church. In other words, the church is something that we are becoming. And even as I say that, some of us, we, we may get this little flag that pops up in our mind and says, well, well, Tyler, maybe that's true for some people, but, but I'm still in process. Let me remind you something. We are all in process. <laughs> we are all working through some stuff. And, and so don't, please don't allow what maybe is in the rearview mirror of your life to all of a sudden put a hindrance on the thought that you are called to be a part of the body, not just a spectator of the body. You are a a part of the body. I love this quote from Bob Goff. He said this, don't let who you were keep you from who you are becoming. So let that encourage somebody today. 
Because maybe you're going to try to use this as, as a pass for you and say, well, well, Tyler, that, that's for somebody else. That's for somebody who, who's got all their stuff together. And listen, there's not one person breathing oxygen on the face of the earth who has all their stuff together. We are all in process. But don't let who you were keep you from who you are becoming. And to that note, it's important for us to recognize the significance of what we do here at Life Center on the weekend. This is just the huddle. This is just the huddle. This is not the sum total of the game. I want you to think for a moment that maybe you you purchased plane tickets for a specific game that's going to happen next weekend that the Seahawks are not playing in. (laughs) You invested a lot of money. You flew there, you, you bought tickets to get in, there you are, and, and the team, one of the two teams, I don't even know who they are, they, they run out, <laughs> they run out on the field, they huddle up, and then they walk back to the sideline. How many of you would want a refund? Anybody besides myself? <laughs> by the way, it's been said this about football. Football, by definition, is 22 individuals in need of rest being watched by 50,000 people in need of exercise. (laughs) But I want you to picture for a moment Russell Wilson running out onto the field, not not next week, next year. (laughs) And and he huddles the team up and he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. See you guys next week. And he leaves the field, gets in his car and drives home. How many of us, we would scratch our head going, bro, you're missing the point. That's not the point. The the huddle is just that we come together for a purpose to be equipped to play the game. So the weekend isn't the sum total. Friends, we don't just go to church. We what? We are the church. We are the church. There's some benefits that Paul lines out of being the church in chapter 12 that I want to draw our attention to. Because I believe that this is going to help move some of us from from just kind of coming to church or going to church in a pivot in our heart, a pivot in our thinking where we realize, no, 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 I don't just go to church. I'm a part of the body. I, I am the church. I am the church. Number one is this, the first benefit. You have a place to belong. Can you say belong? You have a place to belong. You see, each and every one of us, according to Scripture, God has given each and every one of us a unique gift, a unique background, a unique upbringing. And because of that, that piece that you play, it has a specific place that belongs in the body. It's important that we recognize this. A number of years ago, I decided to be a generous dad, and so I I wrapped a, a gift up for my sons at that point. And they opened this big box, and inside was a Lego. A Lego. I said, hey, get crazy. Design whatever you want. Have fun. How many know that would be the cruelest gift ever? (laughs) Why? Because Legos, by their design, need other Legos to accomplish anything of significance. Listen, a Lego left to itself, what is that? That is sad. (laughs) Can you imagine me saying to my children, instead of the plural version, Legos, I just say, hey, go play with Lego. (laughs) Judah, Justice, Faith, I I want you to go play with Lego. 
They're like, Dad, we, we've tried everything we can think of, doorstop, uh, paper holder. Dad, there's not a lot. And I'm like, no, just get creative. You see, Legos, their very design reveals that they need others with it. So it is with you. So it is with me. In the body of Christ, we have a place to belong. A Lego left by itself is not only sad, it's dangerous. You ever stepped on one of these in the middle of the night? It's happened to me multiple times. My prayer life increases instantly. See, Legos, they're not meant to be left alone. But also, Legos aren't meant to just be left in the bucket. So their purpose is to be taken out of the bucket, put together, working together, creating something that stirs hearts. How many of us would be frustrated if your left hand only chose to show up once a week? You'd be having a conversation like, no, I need you here at least by 6 a.m. every day, please. No, our bodies, they, they work and function that way, and so it is with the body of Christ. We don't just come into this place once a week. We are called to be the church seven days a week. We don't just go to church. We are the church. But you have a place to belong. Second, here's what happens when we understand I'm a part of the body. I have a, I have a part to play is you make unity your destination. Everybody say unity. Unity, not, not uniformity, unity. You see, each of us are different and each of us are important. And it's the differences that actually help us get to a greater place of unity. See, not all the Legos look exactly the same. Not all the Legos function exactly the same, but it's when you begin to, to put them together and begin to create new shapes and new designs, it actually begins to reveal something greater than any individual, any individual Lego does by itself. See, unity is the goal. We're designed to work together, to function together, to, to be together. Here's the third thing that functioning as the body does for us. It helps us keep our attitude in check. How many know that as long as we're in isolation, nobody can ever question our attitude? No, can ever, no one can ever help us refine a little bit of our lives that need refining. You notice when, when you're all by yourself, you're always right. <laughs> but then when you get around other people, they're, they're like, oh man, and what are they doing? They're, they're knocking some edges off you that need to be knocked off. This is why we need each other. And listen, there's, there's this thought in Christianity. I, I have my personal relationship with Jesus. And listen, that's, that's true. You're saved personally, but you're always saved into community. But in America, we like our individualism. So, oh, I, it's just me and Jesus over here. It's just me and Jesus over here. But there's a lot of stuff in Scripture that you can't accomplish if you are by yourself. There's a couple attitudes that get put in check when we come together as the body. The first is this. Because I'm not like them, they don't need me. You see, in, in the idea of uniformity, I, I can be over here and say, well, well, I'm not like any of them, and so they must not need me. But the opposite is true as well. 
We've got to be careful that we don't go the opposite way and say, well, because they're not like me, I don't need them. I'm doing fine over here by myself. We need each other. So coming together as the body, it, it helps keep our attitude in check. Here's the fourth thing that it does. You discover your place and you move from doing church to being the church. From doing church to, to being the church. And here, here's my concern. Sometimes when I think about the church at large, so not just Life Center, but just the church, one of the concerns I have is that how often do we see it as our role simply to just be an ear? In other words, we, we show up, we listen, we're like, okay, I listened, mission accomplished. And listen, we, we all need an ear, we all need to hear, we all need to listen, we all need to be refined by the truth of Scripture. But if the body of Christ is just an ear and all we do is ever listen, friends, how are we going to transform a city? How are we going to impact our world? There's so much more than just coming together and listening in the huddle. We listen in the huddle so that we know how to play the game more effectively. We come back to the playbook. We come back to scripture so that we can move forward in this assignment. You see, we're not just all called to be one big ear. We're not called to just be one big eye that, that watches the stage every weekend. It's not just about observation. It's about participation. My friend Wes Davis, he, he wrote a book a, a number of years ago. The book is entitled People Becoming the Church. He said this in the book. He said, if you handed someone a Bible and after they read it, you asked, what's a church? What's the chance they would say it's a building, it's a business, it's an institution or an organization? I'd say zero. If you ask somebody after they read their Bible, okay, what is the church? What was Jesus' plan for the church? What do you think the church was supposed to be? It would be about people on the journey with Jesus, knowing him, making him known, setting out with a passion and a, a vision and a mission to reach generations, not being content just to reside in a city, but bringing impact for a city. See, even though we're called to be the body, don't, don't minimize the huddle. We, we need the huddle. We need the huddle. In fact, Hebrews chapter 10 says it this way. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Can you say one another? It's hard to do all those one another's if you're by yourself. It's hard to do all those one another's in isolation. There's a whole lot of scripture that we can't do alone, but, but when we get synced up and we come together as the body of Christ and, and we begin to recognize our unique role and our unique talent, and even those of us who might be tempted to say, well, well, I'm not that great. I don't have that significant of gifts. Tyler, what benefit do I actually have? Listen, even the base plate when you're playing with Legos has a purpose. Holds things together. Creates unity. See, it says, Let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then look at verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together. The Tyler Soli paraphrase says this. Let us not neglect huddling up. Coming together. We, we need to come together, but it's for a purpose. We gather so that we can scatter. We come together, yes, so we're equipped, but then we take our individual gifts, our individual opportunities, our, our individual assignments and we live it out. 
Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We gather so that we can scatter. And why do we scatter? Because, listen, Jesus is calling us to be a church that reaches generations. Jesus is calling us to be devoted to knowing him and to making him known. But unless we scatter and see it as our assignment to make him known, friends, we're, we're just going to be a bunch of Legos in the tub. Unless we understand that we need each other, we need to be equipped by one another, we need to be refined by each other, we'll just choose to live in isolation, and yet you weren't saved to live in isolation, friends. You were saved to be a part of community. You have a gift that is necessary, that is needed. So each and every one of us in this place, we, we have a gift. And you have gifts that I don't have. And that friend over there has gifts that they don't have. We all have different gifts. Not only that, we all have different opportunities. Do you know that you're going to experience opportunities that I won't experience? And so if, if you lean into those opportunities and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring the love of Jesus wherever I show up. It's, maybe it's work next Thursday. Maybe it's on your campus next Monday. Maybe it's in your neighborhood the following Wednesday. And yet there's an opportunity there that's unique to you. And God has already gifted you and placed you in that opportunity. And not only that, each of us, we are carriers of his presence. So just because we, we kind of dismiss this service, we're, we're not just closing church. No, the church is just relocating. It's scattering across the city. We don't just go to church. We are the church. We are the church. It's, it's who we're called to be. See, my, my prayer is that some of us, we would catch, catch a glimpse of what this could look like in our lives. And, and maybe we could make a pivot from spectator to supporter from consumer to contributor, from attendee to somebody who's activated, from observation to participation. I want to make sure that Life Center, we don't settle for being a club when Jesus has given us a clear cause. That we would lean in to where he's leading, leading us and, and calling us to go and how he's building us together to be the church, not just on the weekend, not just in the huddle. But we're gonna, in a moment, we're gonna say break and we're gonna scatter across this city. And it's still our assignment to know Jesus and to make him known. Today, can I invite you to stand with me across this place? I want to pray for two specific things. And even as you stand, I'm going to welcome some of our pastors and prayer team to join me up front. But today, I want to pray for two things specifically. One, in a moment, I'm going to pray that we would be commissioned to leave this place as the church. What that means is even though church as the gathering stops, the church continues as the scattering. But first, before we get there, I, I talked briefly as we began today how each and every one of us, we have a place to belong because of the work that Jesus has done for us. And maybe today you've never felt that sense of belonging. I want to remind you, the key to belonging to Jesus is not that your behavior created a space for you to belong. Behavior doesn't lead to belonging. Belief leads to belonging. In other words, putting your trust, believing in what Jesus has already done for you. And here's the good news with that. Because of Jesus' work on your behalf and my behalf, we can know what it is to have our sins forgiven, our debt paid. We can have a fresh start with God doesn't happen through your behavior. It happens through your belief. 
by putting your trust in Jesus. And so today, can I invite you to bow your heads with me across this room? Maybe you're in that place where you desire to make that decision of faith, to to put your belief in what Jesus has done for you. You want to know that you have a fresh start. You want to know that your debt's been paid. You want to know that you can walk out of these doors, a new creation, a new beginning. If that's your desire today, can I ask you to do something? Would you just simply lift a hand and just hold it up for a moment and say, that's me. I want to know that my sin is forgiven. I want to know that my debt is paid. I want to put my trust in Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Others would say, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Others in the balcony would say, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Can we pray this prayer out loud together? Would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Thank you for allowing a place for me to belong. Help me to follow you each and every day. In your name, amen. Amen. Today, can we celebrate those who made that decision?